Your Money today, Carolyn Wright finds out about the female economy. Good morning, Carolyn. Good morning. In Your Money today, I'm joined by regular guest Stephanie Lung, CIO at Stashaway. Now, one of Stashaway's recent notes highlighted three headlines that hit the financial world over the summer. Beyonce stoking inflation, Taylor Swift's superfans crashing Ticketmaster, and Barbie smashing records. And you say that these are all signs of the rising she-economy. So I'd love to know what the she-economy is. She economy, of course, like starts with she. So it's uh, basically referring to the growing economic influence that women as a whole hold globally. These can come in different forms. As you mentioned, I mean, Beyonce, Taylor Swift, I, they come as entrepreneurs or business leaders. These can also come as consumers, right? Because women consumers are supporting the economy in different ways. For example, buying different types of goods uh, in terms of supporting sales for companies, etc. And of course, Half the world's population is part of she economy, right? Including yourself and and myself. So it's actually a big part of uh, what gets the world going. Given some of the events over the past few months, uh, as you mentioned, the Barbie movie actually smashed box office records and they're bringing crowds back to the cinema. This shows the power of appealing to the female consumer. Do you think that that is something that's been missed out and this is why the she economy is gaining momentum, that people are realising that they should be tailoring their offerings towards the female economy? It's an ongoing trend that I don't think is an overnight change in behaviour or attitudes of businesses. However, if you look at some of the statistics, it's showing that women actually has been showing increased economic participation and also, of course, uh, higher and higher income levels. I mean, just as an example, in Asia, 83% of women actually contribute to household income. That is with the majority making uh, daily spending decisions. Women in general also have had higher purchasing power and are actually willing to spend more than their male counterparts with similar earnings levels. So actually for businesses, it makes a lot of sense to appeal more to the female customers. And then of course, if we look at from a supply side, from the business leader or kind of entrepreneurship perspective, also we're seeing a lot more female-led businesses in terms of uh, female occupying C-suite level positions and also starting their own companies. And I think some of the difficulties that we've seen for female entrepreneurs or founders still persist, right, in in terms of the disparity between the amount of venture capital funding that goes into female founders and also support groups uh, for these female business leaders. Despite kind of all the efforts, there's still quite a big room for growth in the economy or just getting more female in terms of the business leadership ring. So I think there's still a lot of room to grow and hence there's like been this increasing momentum that we've seen. Now, you pointed out some very interesting things there, how things are getting more balanced in the business world and particularly in the financial world. And then talking about the sort of amount of support. Do you think it's still really important that companies do strive to help empower their their female employees to really get on and, and, and strive for more? 
if I think back in kind of my career, which has been mostly centered around finance and investment, definitely there's still a uh, skew towards male dominance, right? Like I remember when I was in the trading floor, you're looking around and most of the people would be actually uh, uh, men. Mm. And uh, there's a few, I guess, characteristics of men that makes them maybe more powerful or uh, more outspoken that are advantages when you're in, in finance. However, there's also some attributes of female, which actually is more kind of make, make females, for example, better investors. So it's not all kind of skewed, right? For example, if we look at our own statistics or data, what we observe is that some of the female investors are actually more, more rational and a bit less reactive to news compared to male mm-hmm. uh, investors. So that actually probably makes them better in terms of their investment outcomes, does it? Yes. And uh, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of factors that affect the effectiveness of a particular investment and also investment outcomes. But one of the pitfalls about investment is that some people trade too much, right? If you over trade, if you watch the stock market like how you watch TV, of course, it's very stimulating because uh, every day or every minute, the, the price changes, right? So it takes up and down and it is very stimulating. However, uh, investing is actually very different from trading. Investing is it's a very, very long-term journey and it shouldn't be stimulating because it's not a game. It's more about planning. It's more about being rational. It's more about doing analytics. And here is where we found, I guess, female investors perhaps to be more suitable for this type of investing. For example, there's a report by Vanguard which shows that men actually tend to move in and out of investment positions 50% more often than female. And uh, this is what we kind of observe as well on, on our platform. A few episodes back, we actually spoke in length about the difference between trading and investing. Just a quick recap. I mean, the more you look at a portfolio, because things actually move up and down, the more likely that you're going to see negative returns. However, if you kind of zoom out into the longer term, most likely, I mean, you're going to see positive returns if you invest in broader asset classes like broad market index, broader stocks or broader bonds. The more you look at it, the more likely you're going to make irrational decisions and decide to trade and based on uh, your emotions, which uh, hurts overall uh, long-term investment returns. So from that perspective, uh, female investors are a lot of times make better decisions than, than male. So are these all things that you think women should bear in mind when they're getting starting in investing? These sort of aspects that you're talking about, where they actually perform well and where they shouldn't be scared about making their own rational decision and planning ahead actually is a good thing. Before we make an investment, we should always do the research, understand the risk, understand why we're investing in a particular asset class or, or even if you invest in a company, what is great about the business that you like in the long term, uh, how is it going to generate earnings and returns. So all, all of this actually requires significant investment in preparation before you actually make the trigger of buying a particular company or buying a, a particular asset class. And I think, for example, a lot of female investors or just women in general, we tend to prepare a lot more before we make a decision, which is actually a great attribute for being an investor. 
for female who are starting to get invested, a lot of times there's not enough confidence in making that investment decision because it's it can be nerve wracking sometimes, right? Do I buy here? Do I sell here? Like, what price do I buy? How much do I buy? There's actually a lot of decisions to be made. And um, without the right amount of knowledge, a lot of female investors hesitant to start because they feel that they're not confident enough of making those decisions. However, actually, there's a lot of resources that can help female to get started to become an investor. For example, there are a lot of articles, a lot of resources, a lot of uh, campaigns targeted at female investors. For example, just I mean, at Stashaway, we've done a campaign called She Invest, which is an educational series targeted at female investors uh, who may or may not face a different set of challenge compared to their male counterparts. I think the second biggest resource is to build your network. I mean, just talk about finance, talk about money with friends, right? Because I think just from my personal experience or just from anecdotes, male tend to talk a lot more about money when they kind of hang out as friends. However, that topic comes up a lot less frequently among female social circles or friends. Bringing the topic up and not being shy about talking about it actually helps to socialize the concept and helps each other to, to, to grow in their financial journey. Talk to people, talk to your friends, do lots of research, and you shouldn't be scared of getting out there into the investment world. Thank you so much, as usual, for joining me. Stephanie Long, CIO at Stashaway. Thank you.